Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters, and we're two pastors, one podcast. On each episode, we'll be answering one of your questions about God, the Bible, faith, and life. We're so excited you're joining us. Good afternoon. It's Good afternoon. afternoon. Yes, not morning. Right. I'm Michelle Waters. And I'm Eric Waters. But uh, for the record, I am not related to Maxine Waters. Oh, Just goodness, no. want to make sure everybody knows that. You don't look a that. thing like Maxine well, Waters. Well, you know, <laughs> want to make sure people are clear on that. Okay, that's clear, because right. we do not want to be affiliated with that. Nope. Um, and what we're talking about is what her statement about... Uh, her statement to, uh, you know, if the Chauvin, uh, if Chauvin doesn't come in guilty, then be sure you stay out there and be, get even, even more confrontational. Yes, which is put it. absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And, yeah. okay, we are talking about wisdom today. So that is not wise. That's not a wise thing to no. say in no. our overly heated pl- uh, world anyways. And, I mean, basically, didn't they take Trump down for, like, something so much less... Yeah, well, if you remember, the uh, the second time that they impeached Donald yes. Trump was about uh, for inciting violence right. when he told them to to keep up the fight and go march in the Capitol. Uh, and so, if that's going to be the standard, then yep. you know Maxine, who's not my cousin, not our cousin, uh, one Maxine bit. should be uh, up the up the creek there. So, oh, we'll see yeah. what happens. No, that's not going to happen. But anyways. Yes, we're not related to her. Um, We will just do a little recap. We always do. We've had another busy weekend. They seem. I guess it's spring. Spring is just super busy. Yeah, spring is busy for uh, you know in the pastoral world from Lent all the way through till Memorial Day is a very busy season. Yeah, because you got Lent and then Holy Week and then right after that we have uh, Confirmation. And then you've got Mother's Day, Mother's Day, and then graduations, and then finally about the time of Memorial Day, things kind of slow down for... Yes, and Pentecost. Pentecost, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. So yesterday was confirmation. Yeah, it was a great which day. included one of our children, yeah. David James Waters. Um, and we had seven students, which is probably about half our normal, do you think? Yeah, we've been running around, oh, 10 to 15 is fairly, uh, fairly yeah. typical for us. These are ninth or eighth graders, so eighth it's graders. just one class of kids. Um, but yeah, we're a little lower because of COVID, I guess. Yeah, and that's yeah. to be expected mm-hmm. all the way across. You know, right. As you look across the board, our numbers have been 60 to 70% of what they were right. pre-COVID. True. So that, that holds true even for this confirmation true. class. yes. But, but it was good. It was the, great to see. It was great to see. And the way our church, this particular church, does confirmation, you know, every church does it differently. This church has a tradition of the when you, you do a 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. So it's a long, yeah, it's a it's long, a long time of, um, of work. And you study things and you memorize things just like we did when, well, I did when I was growing up. I guess you weren't in the church at that point. But then they also add this little twist where the eighth graders, when they get to the end of their eighth grade year, they need to ask someone in the congregation to be a mentor for Mm -hmm. them, which is a pretty big deal. I mean, they have to pick another adult who is not their parent and ask them to come and meet with them about six to eight times, go over a curriculum and just talk about their faith and why they're ready to confirm their faith. So it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, it really is. And it's it's a very nice deal, too, Mm -hmm. a very nice touch. Uh, because the mentoring, it's, you know, so much of confirmation class is about classes, classwork. Yep. And what's nice about the mentoring is you have that adult come in 
uh, and walk with that child for a space of about two months or so. Yeah. And it's great. You know, it, they, they get to know each other and the, the mentors were speaking about how much it meant to them. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, And it's a big commitment for them. Yeah, like our particular mentor for David is our dentist, our mm-hmm. family dentist. And so he's a very busy man. He's got well, three yeah. young children of his own. And, you know, they have to show up on Wednesday nights as well and some other times. And then we had a big banquet on Saturday night before the actual confirmation on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a busy thing. It's very nice that these mentors are, are willing to do it. And I know David got a lot out of his. And it seemed to be that the other children did as well. Yeah, I think they definitely did. I think they definitely did. Mm-hmm. It's a great... Um, I really like that mentor program. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really nice to see. You know, it's yeah. one of those... Uh, uh, one of those things that does take a lot of work, but then at the end of the eight weeks, you see the fruit that, that comes from right. it. So it's very nice. And then one final note about that is each of the kids have to meet with a pastor and mm-hmm. go show them what they know, which is super intimidating for a lot of kids. You know, yeah. ours is it's their dad, but nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. well, he tried, yeah. <laughs> they try to get away with <laughs> a lot. They try to get away with that. <laughs> but no, it is, it is pretty intimidating. But, yes. you know, I mean, honestly, that's part of the whole process, yeah. right? Is that they're going to remember, oh, yeah, like I called in the pastor's office and I had to sit down and, oh, yeah. you know, recite these things from memory. And, yep. Uh, so it's 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 part of it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of whether or not things are wise or not, mm-hmm. that was wise. Confirmation is a yep. very wise producing event. Walking with a mentor, yeah, studying well, the scriptures, all those kind of yeah, things. Yeah, and I'd say it's both wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and, and so, knowledge, you know, which we're going to get of, into. If you think of wisdom as applied knowledge, and so mm-hmm. knowledge is kind of the raw data, so yes, think, you know, yep. That's and so what the the raw data would be uh, that would be the catechism, and so you ask people, do you know the creed? Do you know the Lord's prayer? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know the Ten Commandments? That's the raw data, and then the wisdom is well, how does this how does this apply to your life? Right, and that's really where the mentor comes in because it helps that. That child who's at a transition point in his or her own life, you know, fourteen is a time when a lot of stuff is going on, right? mm-hmm. and it helps that uh, it helps that child begin to think, okay, well, what is this? What does this right. mean for me? If this truly is what I believe, then how does that impact my life? How does it affect my life? Right, and, and that would be that's wisdom. wisdom. And we're going to go into that more clearly. But so, in a biblical perspective, that would be like so: memorizing the Ten Commandments is knowledge. Obeying the Ten Commandments would be wisdom. Right. 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 But then there's also what I was leading up to was something not that wise. Right after the service, <laughs> I took my daughter, Elizabeth oh, Mary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Her dream has been to go skydiving. <laughs> so we left literally with some minutes left of the service because yeah. we had an appointment. And we left. We drive an hour and a half or 45 minutes or something, hour and 45 and she then proceeded to jump out of a plane. Yeah, yeah, and good for her. She had a great time too. <laughs> she loved it. I mean, she she um, she paid the extra fee to have a videographer. Yeah, she I'd, put a lot of money into don't it. Don't know what I was expecting, but like, there's another guy who jumps out of the plane, and then he, you know, when they're fall, when they're free falling from fourteen thousand feet, he's up there like you know taking pictures of her and. And videos. And it's a great video. It's a great video. Oh my gosh. It's fantastic. His name was Yoshi. Yeah. I will say this is a whole subset of culture I have never seen before, this skydiving crew. I was expecting to go and, you know, be one other person and a pilot and us out there in the middle of the woods. Or not woods, (laughs) but like a, you know, an open field. There were tons of people, tons of instructors, many of whom had dreadlocks and tattoos and everybody was wearing vans and it was just a different part of the world. And yet it's a big deal. They were busy, so busy. It took us like seven hours to get this thing done because even though she had an appointment, you know, you got to be trained and you got to get your equipment on. And we had, you know, it was just a yeah. big deal. No, it was great. I'm, I'm really proud of her. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, she asked me if I wanted to do that. And I, <laughs> I thought about it, but I, I figured, well, you know. Your frugal wife said, how about no? Yeah, well, there was that too. Mm. Um, and you support us. So if you died, we'd be in trouble. Yeah, well, there's that. Yeah. Right. 
But yeah, I mean, good for her. She had a yep. great time, and uh, and you know, again, the video and pictures of her. Of oh, her, so fun! You know, she's fourteen thousand feet up in the air, like three miles, yep. almost three miles, and just jumped out of a plane. Yes. Like, what are you thinking? Well, she is an <laughs> adrenaline junkie, and now that she's not in gymnastics, you oh, know, no. she doesn't get to fly around anymore, like the bars or the beam. So I see why she wanted to do that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But anyways, I'm sure she'll be posting some of that. You can probably see it. Um, but we wanted to start with those things, little recap and catch up. But again, we're in this series called Common Sense in a Crazy World. Mm -hmm. We're looking at the book of Proverbs, but we're just looking at it very thematically. Um, and today's is this, this idea of wisdom and knowledge. That is probably the biggest theme in Proverbs because Proverbs are little wise sayings, right? They are, they are wise things, right? And so that's that's what a proverb is. Mm -hmm. uh, they tend to be couplets. So there's kind of a first half and a second half. Mm -hmm. um, my, my mind draws a blank at the yes, moment. Yes, you but, draw a yeah. blank. Well, you're also, we're, we're going to just, I'm going to just admit that you're again running on a little bit of empty today. You oh, had yeah. another busy weekend. <laughs> plus you had a three hour Zoom meeting today on yeah. your day off for some unknown reason. And so I'm just teeing you up and you're well, going to, but you, you can just I look cute. That. You can be the eye candy today. Well, thank you. Yes. It's too bad they can't see me. I know they can't see you. Yeah. But let's begin by just reading the beginning of Proverbs because that is kind of verses one. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, kind of lay it out. So why okay. don't you read that, just this first portion. All right. And so this is in your favorite Bible, which is the Christian Standard well, Bible. Well, it, uh, it hasn't become my favorite well, yet. It's my current it's Bible. the one that you're okay, using. Okay. Go ahead. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, the king of Israel, for learning wisdom and discipline, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving prudent instruction in righteousness, justice, and integrity, for teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced, knowledge and discretion to a young man, let a wise person listen and increase learning, and let a discerning person obtain guidance. For understanding a proverb or a parable, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and discipline. Amen. So that is kind of just like the summary of the whole thing, right? That um, the fear of the Lord is not the end, it's the what? It's the beginning. the beginning of wisdom. So, well, actually, this one says knowledge. Some translations do use the word wisdom mm -hmm. here. Um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So, if you don't fear the Lord, and in that sense we mean awe, reverence, mm -hmm. love, we don't mean be afraid of the Lord. If you don't fear the Lord, you're not even beginning to have any kind of wisdom and understanding. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree 100%. Uh, and it, I would say that even the, the fear of the Lord in this sense, certainly the primary meaning would be mm -hmm. awe, reverence. Right. But that it also includes fear as in, you know, fear of consequences, uh, fear right. of judgment, because that's, that, that is the fundamental aspect. It's kind of like trying to help somebody who has a problem. You know, you, uh, I'm sure we've all dealt with somebody in our family or friends or coworker. Uh, you know they have a problem. Everybody around them knows they have a problem. But until they acknowledge that they got a problem, okay. they're not going to correct themselves. Right. And so too with us, it's, it's the same kind of idea is that uh, until you realize that, uh, that there is a God who, who has ordered your life and mm -hmm. who expects you to live a certain way, until you come to that fundamental conclusion, then you, you know, what is, what is Book of Proverbs but just an ancient book of, 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 uh, of writings? Like, you know, why why right. should you do anything about it? But I mean, basically, this is like literally so ancient. Oh, I gosh, mean, yeah. these go back yeah. to the very beginning of the written word. You know, this is probably 2,500 years old. Yeah, well, even more than that, because the New Testament is almost 2,000 years oh, old. Yeah, that's true. And so the the uh, I meant 2,500 before Christ. Right. I bet. So yeah, that would be yes. 45 centuries. Yeah. Right. Oh my goodness. So yeah. this, if you want to go back, you know, we're always wanting to go back to the ancient things, or we should be basically. 
Well, not everyone. I shouldn't say that. I always want to go back. It seems like the world was wiser back in the day, but most people actually want to go forward and come up with all sorts of new craziness. That's what we're talking about. But this is um, wisdom for the ages. I mean, these things have stood the test of time. These are statements that we should respect. Um, that was the first chapter. If you, you probably should just read chapters one through three. There's, they all have so much, but mm-hmm. um, and three especially has near and dear to us, and eight because wisdom in the scripture is personified, mm-hmm. and the Greek word for it is Sophia, Yay. which is our firstborn. Yes, we our one child. We named all our kids after biblical people, except for our firstborn. She was named after attributes of God. Mm -hmm. So her name is Sophia Grace, wisdom and grace. Mm -hmm. And why do you think it's personified as as a female in the scriptures? That's a tough one. That's a great question. I'd say because, uh, you know, again, this is an ancient book. Mm -hmm. So the people who were being instructed, it was men instructing uh, young men or men instructing boys on how to lead their families and how to be ready to uh, to serve in society. Yeah. Because it was written by men for men, therefore, I would say wisdom is personified as a woman. Oh, uh, interesting. As, as one who is to be desired. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. And then especially when you contrast lady wisdom, as they call her, when you contrast mm-hmm. lady wisdom to the dame folly, who is, yes. you know, kind of the femme Lurking fatale the figure, corner. right? You know, yes. come up and see me sometime. Right? Yeah, that right, kind of right, right, right. Okay. That makes sense. I hadn't thought about that. Yes, that it was at this point basically passed down father to son. Yeah. It starts that way for sure. Actually, uh, chapter two starts, my son, if you accept mm-hmm. my words and store up my commands within you. Um, yeah, that's a good point. And so Sophia is named after this, which because we love the wisdom of God. But um, what was something you said? Oh, yeah. You said they were something about society. You said something about these yeah, are... So, and so it's training It's training boys not only to learn how to, to lead a good, wise life, yeah. but then also, you know, uh, to be, for example, court officials, to be uh, judges, you right. know, th- those kind of um, figures in society. Right. Because kings in the ancient world basically wrote the, the stuff. I mean, this is King Solomon and mm-hmm. even like... Ethiopian kings or other ancient literatures also written, you're right, by kings being passed, so the role is being passed down. But I think you made a good point that these proverbs are, if we could follow these proverbs, we would do well in our families, Mm -hmm. we would do well in society, and we would do well in our relationship with God, which is basically all of our relationships. No, that's that's it, exactly. And you know, one final note, this just occurred to me, uh, you know, that it's a book written by men for men, Mm -hmm. is that several places throughout there are these little sidebars about, uh, you know, kind of the nagging wife figure. Oh my goodness, yes. You know what I mean? It's like a better... (laughs) I love being a nagging wife though, so I don't like those. Really? I've never known that. (laughs) But it's, you know, there's little things like, you know, uh, like like the dripping of a roof in a rainstorm is a woman when she will not be quiet, you know, things like this. And so it's clearly written by men or like better to live on a corner of your roof than to live with a nagging wife or something right right Right. so it's clearly written by men for men that's just yes yes if we wrote it it would be like better to not have a husband that um what could i say you have nothing to say i'm gonna make something up but i'm not gonna do it on the podcast (laughs) okay but anyways yes there are very fun there's a lot of funny stuff in here too but when you really you know of course our modern ears are going to take great offense to Mm -hmm. that but if you can just try not to be offended by everything, um, it would be helpful because it's actually funny on some level. It and it's true. Yeah, it There's is true. truth to it. Like nobody wants to live with somebody who's constantly nagging them. Right. Oh, interesting point too. There was an article today having to do with this about being overly offended. Um, the ha- Guess who are the happiest people I saw that. in the country? Yeah. Who are they? 
Uh, conservative women. Conservative women. Yeah. I count myself as one of those. Yeah. So I apparently am one of the happiest people in the country. And guess who are the least happy people in the country? And by the way, this is like an academic study, yeah. which is generally put out by liberals. So, um, you know, come on. Okay, who are the least happy? Well, I'll let you do the punchline on that one. Liberal men. Really? Yeah, liberal oh, men. I'm, I'm, okay. Li- okay, I'm sorry. It's conservative white women who are the happiest. Uh-huh. And it's liberal white men who are the unhappiest. I did not know that. Yes. I just saw the headline. I didn't read the article. It's Yeah, so. well, you should read the article. It's kind of interesting. It's pretty short, but it is very interesting. But, and that why that relates to this is, again, is it a proverb that says it is to your glory to not take an offense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in the Proverbs. It says, I said that to my kids all the time, like, it is to your glory to not take offense, right? Because mm-hmm. we are so in love with being offended by everything. And that's why we've gotten ourselves into this huge mess about everything, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Because we love to be offended. And so I think, yeah, anyways, that was a little aside. But sure. look the article up, read the Proverbs, um, overlook offenses, and I think we'll all be somewhat happier. But let's go a little bit deeper into this idea between wisdom and knowledge Mm -hmm. okay so um knowledge is like we talked about earlier it's just simply knowing things Mm -hmm. and the bible also says like knowledge puffs up it kind of just puffs us up with these facts whether they're useful or not you sometimes they are um but love builds up but anyways it's like a knowledge base it's like the nuts and bolts of studying something right whereas wisdom is like the perspective and the ability to make sound judgments and we in in the christian world we call it like discernment yeah how do we decide if something is right or wrong right yeah and so you know what the way i like to think of it is wisdom is applied knowledge yes so you can have all the the knowledge of what are the right things to do but the wise man or the wise woman knows what is the appropriate thing to do at this particular point for this reason right uh, and that's wisdom that's because wisdom. you know you can have um to go back to our, our mentoring thing uh you know you can have all the in, in my world right my, my pastoral world you mm-hmm. can have all the theolo- theological knowledge right so you gotta have that there but then wisdom is well how do you help someone so when somebody comes to you uh, talking about their marriage or whatnot, mm-hmm. you can, you know, how do you choose from that knowledge? Got it. What's going to be most uh, beneficial for them? Right, right. That's a good point. And in our culture, you know, we always say like knowledge is power, mm-hmm. but if you wisdom is then your choice to use or apply that power. Right, right. So it's kind of like the what you do with the knowledge is wisdom, and the scriptures are clear that we get wisdom by asking for it. Yeah. You know, we definitely study. So we, we learn our scriptures. We study things. That's knowledge. But to be able to be wise in the ways of the Lord would be a gift. And just like Solomon asked for it mm-hmm. and the Lord was pleased for that. It also says in James, if you lack wisdom, what does it say to do? Ask Pray for, for it. it. Yeah. Pray, for, Pray it. for it. So this is something that's like not um, held off just for, you know, like you, like a pastor, right? Mm-hmm. We all can have... Um, the gift of wisdom, it's, it has to, it succumbs over time with maturity and spiritual maturity. And, um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, some, some other examples might be, you know, if you've got, if you, if you ever have like a, uh, for example, like a mechanic or a handyman or something mm-hmm. like that, uh, and there's, there's a difference between a really good mechanic, a really good mechanic, and then a really wise mechanic. And so, you know, they, they might be able to, you might have two mechanics who can do, who can physically do all the stuff, but the wise mechanic will be like, you know what? I think it's actually this over here, right? You know, and they just kind of know those things. Yep. Um, same thing too. You know, I've had experience working with doctors or with, yes, uh, with counselors, where they they have all the knowledge of what could be, but there's almost this 
the sixth sense that some people have of what it most likely is. And that sixth sense would be wisdom. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's close with um, two little separate things. Number one is another thing we often have said in our family, which we brought up last time, which is don't be wise in your own eyes, Uh right? Which means, you know, wisdom comes from God. It's outside of us. And um, we often take on this posture of being wise in our own eyes, meaning, you know, we think we have, we think we know it all. Mm -hmm. Right. And the scripture for that is also from Proverbs, which we mentioned, I think, you know, what is it? Trust not, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Right. In all your ways, acknowledge him. So lean not on your own understanding. Yes, it's good to have knowledge and understanding, but that's not enough as what Mm -hmm. we're saying. It's God's wisdom that brings that to grace in your life and to blessing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was at a, a three-day pastor's conference last week. It was a virtual conference. Great yeah. conference. Mm-hmm. It was a long three days. Mm-hmm. And one of the speakers, uh, just a fantastic speaker, he spoke for about two hours to a group of 120 pastors uh, about, you know, the, the traps that pastors can fall yeah. into. And so much of it was wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, be not wise in your own eyes. You know, as he said to us, he says... Uh, uh, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Yeah. And guess what? That's a promise of God too. You know, you yeah. don't want to be claiming that one for yourself, which is true. Right. But his point was that yes. you know so much of uh, so much of what happens in the pastoral life, the pastors who make mistakes, the pastors who burn out, the pastors who flame out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because they they, they didn't oh, they they didn't pay attention to what God was actually saying in the Word, and they didn't take it seriously. True. Um, and so it's this idea of, you know, be not wise in your own eyes, but mm-hmm. in all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll keep your path straight. And so we spoke, for example, about, you know, Billy Graham, uh, one of the greatest evangelists. Yeah. You know, if he, a uh, hundred years from now, people still be talking about yep. him. Just mm-hmm. unbelievable, man. You know, I recently read that he, in his lifetime, preached the word to over two billion people. I think I saw something like that. Yeah, it is unbelievable. And perhaps even more impressive than that is not is that the fact that he did it and no one ever once brought an accusation against yeah, him. Yeah, never, which is, you know, in for that kind of um, clout, or not clout isn't the word, that kind of influence mm-hmm. is almost unheard of just because, especially in today's world, once you gain a little fame, somebody's going to come out of the woodwork and, right. and accuse you of something. But yeah. he had nothing. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. And, and part of it was because early on when it looked like, you know, he was going someplace yep. with a career as evangelist. Early on, he sat down in Modesto, California. Okay. He and his uh, his team, and they came up with, hey, what are some things we can do to make sure that we don't... Cross uh, the line. That we don't cross the line. Mm-hmm. And so they came up with what's called the Modesto Manifesto. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. And there was a couple of things they did. And, you know, foremost among them was um, that he would never be in a room with a, a, a woman who wasn't a member of his family. Right. Um, that he would wouldn't control alone, his, alone, alone. alone. Right? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't control his own finances. Oh, uh, he would never exaggerate uh, figures. And so, if he only had five hundred people, he'd say only had five hundred. He wouldn't say I had five thousand. Oh wow, that's all, a good one. All of these things about you know. Then, you don't control your own finances either, so no, I think and, we're doing well. No, we're, we're doing great. Actually, this church can, is very fortunate because the, I'm in at our oh, house. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, yes, this church. No, you don't do it at church for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. that would be not good. But I mean, but that would be an example of wisdom. Yes, he's, definitely. You know, he's he's uh, he Billy Graham and many others have these incredible gifts of evangelism, but wisdom yes. is putting the hedges around it so Good. that you walk in the right way. I love it. Okay, that's great. Well, let's wrap up today with, I'm going to read from um, Proverbs 3, 13 through 18, and I'm going to think of my daughter, Sophia, yeah. who's called Wisdom. Uh, happy is the man who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding, for she is more profitable than silver, and her revenue is better than gold. 
She's more precious than jewels. Nothing you desire can equal her. Long life is in her right hand, in her left riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant and all her paths peaceful. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her and those who hold on to her are happy. The Lord founded the earth by wisdom and established the heavens by understanding. By his knowledge, the watery depths broke open and the clouds dripped with dew. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Next week, we'll come back at you with, I think, morality and ethics or something. That's the next piece of Proverbs. Uh, I don't I really know, but you yes. know, I'm taking the boys to Big Bend. Oh, so we'll see how we so, do. Yeah, They're going to be gone all Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Coming back Sunday. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun trip. Oh, but... boy. We'll see. We'll have lots of stories if we do get on. Yeah, it'll be well, good. We'll get on. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk to you next week.